1: All right. It's, uh, nine oh four, a little bit later than we normally hit the show. I got a funny story as to why every Thursday I do a, another show, sidelines live out of Memphis.
2: Gary, there's another show.
1: (laughs) Yeah. With Rob Brown. And it's one of those that, uh, you know, you, it's, it's, it's on, you're on screen as well. So, um, anyway, long story short, I usually try to get here in time to go across the hall into the, uh, TUG studio, because obviously we're, you know, Barry's here in the Tide studio. So I sit in there and, uh, and hook up and because I'm on my phone and I always wear a watch to the TV station, but early in the morning, I don't usually put a watch on, but there is a clock on the screen of that show. And I always go by that because I don't, you know, I'm using my phone to do on the air. And it said, it said 856. So I'm like, okay, I got to go guys. Appreciate it. And so. No worries. I got four minutes to get on the air. I walk into our studio, and Barry Sanderson's nowhere to be seen. And I look down my phone, and it's nine oh one. And I'm like, Noah, put us some extra spots in. I'm not ready because you don't understand what goes into me getting. I've got a. I've got a system every day. Noah's seen it. I have to walk that's in. Right, right. It, this is nothing against anybody. It's just the way I do it. I have to wipe down. The microphone, the keyboard, the mouse, even my headphones that I put on that I keep with me, I wipe those down. I wipe down the, the console. I wipe down the chair. Uh, I have to get all my papers and notes. I don't have a ton of notes, but just stuff that I have uh aligned up. So Noah knows it takes me about 2 or 3 minutes to do that. So there's no way I can just walk in and pop down and start doing the show. So thankfully, Noah uh, was prepared and he uh ordered in a few extra commercials to give me my cuz I can't you know this Noah, I can't sit in this chair until I go through my process That's of right. right. of wiping everything down. That's just the way it is.
2: Otherwise, it'd just throw the whole show
1: off. It would. It would, and I wouldn't feel right about about sitting here. So, uh, But we're good to go this morning. This is the Thursday edition, December 7, 2023, the Gary Harris Show. I'm Gary Harris. No Haynes right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First and Main Condos hotline for this first hour, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline for hour number two at 205-342-9904. You know we want to hear from you because I don't have any guests here in the first hour. I go ahead and tell you that right now, and that this is my fault because I was in Atlanta Saturday for the game. And Ellis had actually texted me on Saturday and said that he wouldn't be available today uh, because of a doctor's appointment. And I said, that's fine. We'll, We'll schedule you for Wednesday. Well, I just got back and forgot about it. So didn't schedule him yesterday, so I texted him yesterday afternoon. I said, "Ellis, radio in the morning at nine thirty central." And he's like, "Gary, I told you I got a doctor's appointment." I said, "Yep, you sure did." So, <laughs> so he's not available today. He is going to come on with us tomorrow, Ellis. I mean, uh, Noah Ellis Johnson could come on with us tomorrow, but he's not available today. And he was in that nine thirty slot. And last night, when I was at the high school game. Uh, Central Phoenix City and tops in the Class 7A State championship game at Brian Denny, which we'll get to here in a moment. I tried to um, find somebody to fill that 9:30 slot this morning but could not do it. So we're wide open here in the first hour, which should be fine because listen, we've had so many great calls the last couple of weeks. callers I'm expecting to hear from you. Uh, again, I was on the show out of Memphis and everybody's wanting to you know ask me did they get it right? The committee got it right, Of course they got it right. Under the circumstances and with which they were working, five Power Five conferences, or you know, and four teams, somebody had to be left out, and you can't leave Alabama out after what they did in the SEC. Um, I would leave Texas out before I left out Alabama, even though Texas beat. Alabama head up, but they didn't want to do that. So Alabama and Texas are in. Obviously, Washington and Michigan are in, and that means that Florida State and Georgia are out. That's just the way it works. Everybody can't be in. So, but anyway, um, I didn't get anybody scheduled for this first hour. We've got uh, D Orlando Ledbetter though coming up at ten with the Falcons report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution and Jeff Spiegel, sports anchor and host of the Zone ABC thirty three forty coming up at ten thirty. But we're wide open in this first hour as far as. Uh, phone calls so we want to hear from you folks all right this hour of the Gary Harris show is being brought to you as always by Alabama Credit Union member owned and not-for-profit Alabama Credit Union really is just a better way of banking I encourage you to find out more at alabamacu.com do like I've done become an Alabama Credit Union member and find out all the advantages for yourself of being a member at the Alabama Credit Union Alabama Credit Union loans for real life some rules and restrictions do apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money That was just a half. There we go. That was, first Noah, that was about as half-hearted a ching as I've ever heard.
2: Yeah, it was a little sad ching.
1: Yeah, we don't want that ching anymore. We got the good toching though. We're ready. We're ready to go. I tell you what, since I don't have any guests in this first hour, we did it yesterday. Let's go ahead and uh, crank them up with some morning headlines here on the Gary Harris Show. Yeah, yeah. We got high school football playoffs we got super 7 state championships yeah, that was a big deal yeah huge deal and last night it was the Thompson Warriors playing their sixth straight class 7A state championship game and playing for their fifth consecutive state title now the only team that's ever done that in the AHSAA is Hazelwood High School from 1988 to 1992 Thompson had a chance to do it last night. Now, the last time the team to beat them, kind of sounds like Alabama-Georgia, doesn't it? The last team to beat Thompson in a state championship game was Central Phoenix City. Al, Central Phoenix City did it again last night. They beat Thompson 21-19. to 19. It was a heck of a football game. I watched uh, the first half inside the stadium. And, of course, the TV station's right there in Bryant-Denny Stadium. So I walked over and watched the first half, and then we got back and watched the second half on uh, television. But uh, I thought that Thompson... You know, give them credit. They hung in there. Look, Central Phoenix City was the better team to me, and they get the win, 21-19. But a heck of a way to start off the Super 7 state championships. We've got 1A, 3A, and 5A today. Three games today and tonight, and then 2A, 4A, and 6A on Friday over at Bryant-Denny Stadium. The 7A champion, though, is Central Phoenix City, coached by Patrick Nix, former Auburn quarterback. Of course, his son, Bo, a Heisman Trophy finalist. Uh, from the University of Oregon. And Bo was there last night on the field at Bryant-Denny to support his dad. And, of course, then he'll be heading to New York this weekend for the Heisman Trophy ceremony on Saturday night. He is a finalist along with uh, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., and, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver at Ohio State. Those are the four Heisman finalists. Well, it wasn't just the boys on display, Noah. It was also the girls yesterday. The Flag Football State Championships For the AHSAA you have two of them you have the one class 1a through 5a because not every school plays girls flag football so they break it up five classifications in the 1a 5a championship game it was winona taking on montgomery catholic this was an unbelievable game winona wins it in overtime 18 to 12 over montgomery catholic then in the 6a state 6a 7a championship game central phoenix city gets the repeat their girls team also won the state title Beating Vestavia Hills, the Red Devils over the uh, Rebels 25 to nothing was the final score. In Let's go, girls. Yeah. So we had, we, I, I kept saying we had one game. We had three games yesterday, too. It's just the two of them were the girls' games. But, uh, and and what a great venue Brian Denny Stadium is. It's huge now. It, it, you know, you can have a good crowd. I think last night for that 7-day game, Noah, we probably had, I bet you we had 8,000, 10,000 people in there. Really? But it, okay. But 8,000, 10,000 people in a... 95,000-seat stadium doesn't look like very many. But it was a good crowd. How close were you to the field? Well, I was in the press box.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. I could have gone out on the field, but it was was kind of chilly last night.
3: Yeah, it it got a little cold. So
1: I sat up there like I usually do in the press box and ate a meal and watched the game in heated comfort, you know, so it was pretty cool. All right, now to college football. The Conference office announced yesterday that the University of Alabama football team had three Southeastern Conference individual award winners. Dallas Turner was named the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, while Real Reichard was the League Special Team Player of the Year. Caleb Downs rounded out the group as the SEC Freshman of the Year. All three were selected by the conference coaches. In addition, J.C. Latham, Justin Terry On Arnold, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Caleb Downs, and Neil and Hibbert were selected the coach's first team all SEC squad as the Crimson Tide. Of course, uh, Well, when you win the conference championship, you know you got good players, and that was played out yesterday. And as Alabama prepares for the college football playoff, it appears that Nick Saban will have to work on filling a coaching vacancy on his staff. Alabama outside linebackers coach and special teams coordinator Coleman Hutzler is reportedly set to join Mississippi State staff as its defensive coordinator under new head coach Jeff Levy. Levy and Hutzler worked together at Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin, and then Levy left to become the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. And, of course, Hutzler left to become uh, the defensive uh, outside linebackers coach and special teams coach at Alabama. It looks like they're going to be reunited. Everything that I hear is that Hutzler will stay with Alabama until <clears throat> the season is concluded. And yesterday, Northridge High School had six student athletes sign letters of intent to compete at the next level and uh, one of them is really interesting we'll get to him in a moment but harley McNeil signed to run track at north carolina jay stuckworth signed to play golf at marine community college anna winter signed to swim at boston university kate Wilkins signed to play volleyball at montevallo olivia mcdaniel signed to play volleyball at pensacol state and jack sanderson signed to pitch at auburn now if that name sounds familiar it should his grandfather is wimp his dad is barry and, of course, Wim Sanderson is still the winningest men's basketball coach in University of Alabama basketball history. Uh, it's an Alabama family through and through. But Jack is uh, going to play for the Auburn Tigers. He told wvo twenty three Sam Holly, quote, I try not to let that weigh into my decision. I feel like it's kind of my life, and I love my granddad, and he's been really supportive of my decision, and he wouldn't have wanted it any other way, and he supports me in everything I do, so I feel like it's the best thing for me. He thinks it's the best thing for me, too. So that makes sense. Family first, and congratulations to all those young folks over there at Northridge High School yesterday. The Alabama women's basketball team rolled over Coastal Carolina yesterday, 88-46, and the Crimson Tide's annual fast break fifth grade fast break game inside Coleman Coliseum. Alabama was paced by Sarah Ashley Barker with 17 points. Barker got a lot of help from her teammates. Eli and I had 16. Loyal McQueen scored 11. Jessica Timmons 10 and DelGene Williams 10 as the Crimson Tide had five players in double figures with the win. Alabama improved to 8-2 and on the season. Next up for the Crimson Tide is a Saturday home game at 2 o'clock against Stephen F. Austin. On the national scene, The Yankees get it done. They get one of the best players in Major League Baseball, Juan Soto, in a big trade. He's going from the Padres to the Yankees. They got it done late Wednesday night. Now, the deal with Soto is he's only got one year under contract. He's a free agent after 2024, so this could be a deal where the Yankees are just going after him for one year. But, you know, the Yankees, it's win now especially with the way they've gone the last couple of years. in Soto, they get a guy that um, is arguably the best all-around player in the game. I mean, obviously there are others. Clearly, Acuna Jr. And, and a number of other guys are in that conversation. But so is Soto, who can hit for power. He can hit for average. He's got speed on the basis. Great defensive outfielder. So it's just one of those things that, um, you know, the Yankees have the have the money and the players to give up. Padres knew that they probably weren't going to sign him after 2024, and he's costing a lot, a lot of money. So they make that deal, but it's big, big, big deal for the Yankees. And, you know, they're often the favorites going in, but they have not had the success the last few years that they're looking for. So now they get a guy who... As I said, that combination of patience at the plate, he takes he takes the walks, power, speed. Defensively, is outstanding. So it's just a, it's a big pickup for the Yankees. So that's a check of the headlines. It's nine seventeen. We're off and running. As I said, guest free in this first hour. So we'd love to hear from you. Get those phone lines ringing on the first domain condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. That's two zero five. 342-9904, and we'll be back with more of the Gary Harris Show, right here on TIE 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. This season of Alabama football
0: brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment.
4: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide today. It's a daily update on Bama Sports and it's brought to you by CBNS Bank. Bank anywhere, at any time with CBNS Bank's digital solutions. Managing your finances has never been so easy. Hello again everybody, I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama women's basketball on Wednesday picked up a win in the fifth grade fast break against Coastal Carolina. Head coach Christy Curry joined us on the radio after the win.
3: This is an awesome environment. I want to thank the school systems and every little kid that got a chance to come today. It's like it gets me emotional because at the end of the day, some of these kids have never been on this campus. And so the opportunity we get to be role models and our kids to play really hard and show them you can do and be anything you want to be, it's a lot bigger than basketball today. So thanks to our promotions and all the school system. And it's a pretty cool environment. So maybe we lost our focus a couple, a little, because it is, it's pretty tough. I, I mean, get it. They were cheering for both teams. I mean, it was a constant, but at the end of the day, today is really, really special. So thanks to our administration, our promotions, and all all the school systems, because I'm serious. There are kids that came to Alabama for the first time today here locally, and that's what it's about. It's bigger than basketball today, and I'm glad our kids responded.
4: I'll have more in a moment.
0: CBNS Bank has a long history of stability and a legacy of serving our community's needs for generations. You could say we know a thing or two about tradition. We've been family, community, and financially strong since we began in 1906. Being a team player is part of our culture. That's why at CBNS Bank, we're proud to sponsor the University of Alabama Athletics
4: and prouder to take the field or court with you. Visit CBSbank.com today. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Join us this afternoon for Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, streaming live at 2 p.m. Central on all CTSN social media platforms. Crimson Tide today is brought to you by CBNs Bank. Crimson Tide today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield.
1: As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do: head to the Free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and Three special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a Meat and Free Vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. See America. Tide 100.9.
0: Tuscaloosa weather.
1: We're
2: forecasting sunshine and full supply today, the high 59. Tonight fair with the low at 38. Tomorrow partly sunny during the day. A few showers are possible tomorrow night, the high 66. Saturday cloudy and mild. A few showers are likely. The high at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 39 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday night. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right,
1: 921 here on the Gary Harris Show. Welcome back in, and uh, we're rocking and rolling this morning. Gary Harris, Noah Haynes, your phone calls are welcome on the First of Main Condominiums Hotline, 205-342-9904. Remember, First of Main Condominiums, luxury condominiums in beautiful, historic downtown Northport. All right, um, the Alabama situation with the college football playoff, we've been talking nonstop about it this week. Alabama gets in, earned it, as I said, my entire time on this show up until the game was played. I said if Alabama beats Georgia or I said, you know, a few weeks ago, if Alabama runs the table and wins the rest of them, and that includes beating Georgia in the SEC championship game, no, I said Alabama was going to be in. And I know that I got, I got a lot of pushback for that, and now I have had some people tell me, well, Florida State had, had not lost their quarterback, they would have gotten in. Maybe that maybe so. All I know is I said Alabama would be in, and they were in. And you got your score prediction right, too. I got it right on. Wrong teams. <laughs> God, I hit it 27-24, and again, you know, again, I, I've Taking a little heat for that. Uh, No, I'm not going to say, even though I've been asked about it, I'm not going to say it was reverse mojo. But at the same time, I picked Georgia to beat Alabama two years ago in the SEC championship game. And Alabama won. So you read into that what you will. I don't know. I don't you read into that what you will. Maybe there was a method to my madness, but yeah, I hit the score dead on. Uh, the game, the game went down <clears throat> pretty much like I thought it would. I, I just, uh, I'd pick George to win, but I, I had a feeling that this was going to go right down to the end. I tell you, the biggest, you, you know, looking back at the game, there's so many plays in a football game. And like Coach Saban says, Coach Stallings used to say, Coach Brian, all the great coaches say it. You know, you never know what play is going to decide the game. You never know when it's coming. You know, that's why you got to play every play. And there's always going to come down to a handful of plays. And in that game, there were. uh, I thought the biggest play in the game for me was when it was 10 to 7, Alabama leading. They've got the ball. What was it about the 38, 40-yard line? 36, whatever it was, not quite in field goal range. You could have tried it with Reichard, but you got that fourth and four. Cause remember, it had been third and 20 after a holding penalty. And they get 16 yards on a Road to Nye Black pass to get it to a situation where it's fourth and four. Well, they line up to go for it. Georgia calls timeout. Alabama comes back out, tries to get them to jump off sides. Run the clock down, play clock, call timeout. At that point, I'm thinking they're going to punt the ball. They're going to punt the ball and try to pin Georgia deep to make sure they go in with the lead 10-7. to Uh-uh. Saban goes for it. And not, you know, think about this now. It's fourth and four. You're out there close to the 40-yard line. If you don't make it, not only does Georgia get the ball back, but they're getting great field position. Very good chance for them to go down. Not only a score field goal to tie, but possibly have a touchdown to take the lead. Alabama goes for it and that was the pass from Milro to Bond that a lot of Georgia fans said was not a catch. It was a catch because it was ruled a catch. And then Alabama goes on and scores that touchdown. Noah. Instead so instead of 10 to 7 Alabama or possibly 10 to 10 or possibly 14 to 10 Georgia, it's 17 to 7 Alabama. Huge. Huge to go into the game of going into half with 10 point lead. The other biggest play of the game for me was after, you know, Georgia just kept fighting. Give them credit. You know, and they get that touchdown late to make it 27-24 with about two minutes and 40 seconds to go in the game. They've got a couple timeouts. If you don't get a first down or two, you're going to have to punt the football back to Georgia. If you punt the football back to them, Noah, there's a very good possibility they're going to get into field goal range and have a chance to force overtime or who knows, maybe even get a touchdown. Well, what happened was Alabama gets the ball back. They never had to punt. The biggest play was that first down play where they called the run to Milrow. He busted at what, about 25, 30 yards, and then had the wherewithal to slide down before he got out of bounds to stop the clock. And then they got another first down, and it was over. So those uh, two sequences, I think, you know, when you look back on it, that's why Alabama won the game. Because two crucial sequences at the end of the first half and at the end of the game, and Alabama executed Beautifully in both of them. All right, let's jump out on the first of May, kind of, of Hotline, and welcome in Super Joe. Super Joe, what up, Ana?
5: Hey, good. How you feeling, man? Feel feeling great, man. How you feeling? Oh, I've been up just up. I was up two o'clock in the morning arguing with the Michigan fans on Twitter and stuff like that. Oh man, going boy. at it, going at it with them, and about to. This guy was going to tell me, talk, tweet me, talking crazy. Up Michigan was going on physical Alabama. I said, hold on now, now what? From my understanding, this is according to the Iowa and Michigan fan bases, Michigan was bloody. Although they won twenty six to nothing, they were out physical, but they were out physical. But they did outscore Iowa. Now, come on now, if we, now we got big guys that can run and smash. SEC smashed my football. So, I mean, are you sure you know? Are y'all sure y'all know what y'all doing? Come January first. <laughs> I mean, are you sure I mean, you're going to out physical Alabama? Well, come on, you let's know, um,
1: they are a pretty physical team, and you know. Their fans want to believe that they're going to win. Alabama fans want to believe that they're going to win. So you know how that's going to go, Super Joe. When you get out there on Twitter with them, you're going to be in an argument because when you tell them that Alabama's not going to out physical them, their fan base is not going to. They're not going to take that partner. You know that. You know they're going to. I
5: know they're understand your fan base, but like I said, you know, let's just go be be honest with you. We could, I don't think that quarterback gets frustrated. We got the right defense to do it. So I look at it like this. I say by the end of the third quarter, that team is going to quit. I mean they're gonna tap out like Roberto Duran, we're gonna make them say no more.
1: <laughs> well I will say this. Um Alabama fans are hoping for that. Alabama fans would love to go ahead and have that one wrapped up by the time they go to the fourth quarter. I tell you that, pal. And Yeah uh, and um, you know, Yeah, and,
5: and I say like I say like this, you know, okay, well now but like the as far as the Washington Texas game goes, that I can go either way and go. I mean I think Texas might have to trick your offense. But I tell you, Washington is, no, Washington is no slouch. So you got a good dogfight between a child and a Tibetan master on that is
1: <laughs> I think we got four really good teams. I'm excited about the college football playoff. Uh, you know, and if we do happen to have a Alabama-Texas rematch for the national championship game in Houston, oh, Katie, bar the door. Man, it's going to be crazy. It's, it's going yeah, to be nuts.
5: I'm going to think about the ticket prices. How do you think those ticket prices are going to be? The low-level seek anyway.
1: For the, if it's Alabama and Texas and Houston? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shoot, more money than I'd be willing to spend, i tell you that. No, I mean, lower, lower, salary, t- you're going to be talking lower-level tickets for that game. If it's Alabama and Texas playing in Houston, oh, man, I, I five, six grand? I mean, Ooh. yeah, I mean, you're going to be talking about a lot of money, Super Joe. Shoot, you, know, I'll tell you, what you, you, you have team. to buy another
5: book, pay for that, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, though. I mean, I just, I just feel like this. I think the TV is good enough. I mean, go to my feet when I get ready. Go to my core. Get my coils light when I get ready. Cause I'll tell you what, I, I look at like, if, you know, Alabama, Texas will be a war. It'll be a, it'll be a war rematch, but we, we want revenge on them. But we got to focus on Michigan first one game at a time. That's so, right. Super Joe. That, that's, that's what that's you got
1: to s- do. Got to win the first one to get to the second one, brother. And I promise you, that's all Nick Saban's doing. Uh, he's, of course, now they're recruiting this week and, and, um, you know, but when they get back and players are going through some workouts and seven on sevens, but when they hit that practice field here, uh, um, in 10 days or so, they'll be, they'll be dialed in. I promise you that, pal.
5: I look at like the, before you go, it's like, I use a little rocky, I'm moving now. Before you go to club line, you got to make sure you finish off Apollo Creed first. Well, super joe you
1: bring it this morning all right partner good to hear from you yeah. good to hear from super right, joe man. yes
5: sir he yeah. brings it i
1: hadn't heard from super joe in a while you know super joe wrote a book oh. no you he heard me reference his book he wrote a he wrote a book about his alabama fandom really and uh i bought a copy a few years ago and uh he, he used to be an auburn fan not a lot of people know that about super joe you didn't know that did you i did not yeah he was once an auburn fan they converted over to the Crimson Tide, and he's happy that that he did it. Now he's one of the best fans out there. Hey, I want to remind you, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa uh, is uh, an incredible place to work out, incredible community of people. As I often say, I know better than most. I've been a member for over 20 years. Love going over there to the YMCA, and now they've got that brand-new cardio equipment that was installed back on November the 20th. It is uh, state-of-the-art, man, and... Um, Jeff Knox, the CEO, and the folks there, as I said, I enjoy going as much to just see people and hang out and just a community of good people. It's the kind of uh, atmosphere where everybody wants to get fit and everybody's working, but everybody's courtesy is courteous. You know, there's no, you know, there's no, you know, I don't mean to sound the wrong way, but, you know, there's no big muscle-headed you know, guys and they're yelling and hollering and no get peacocking. out of my way. Yeah, none of that stuff. None of that stuff. It's just a good community of people looking to get fit. YMCA of Tuscaloosa, twenty three hundred Thirteenth 13th street, Tuscaloosa. Get by and see them. They'll show you around or you can uh, call 205-345-9622 or find out more at dot. And we'll be back with uh, phone calls. Lewis, they're in Nashville. You're up next. We'll get to you on the other side of the break. This is the Gary Harris Show on Time 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Patterson- Los Tarasco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big-screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarasco's with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport.
0: Ah, Did you miss any episode on Tide 100.9? Don't worry. All of our shows can be found on Spotify and Apple Music and on demand on the Tide 100.9 app. All right,
1: 935 on the uh, Gary Harris show. And last night, man, so much going on. Uh, Super 7 state championships underway with the Class 7A state championship game. Of course, um, the presidential debate for the Republicans uh, at uh, the Moody Music Building. And then, no, I don't know if you saw it. I was all over social media this morning. One of my great sponsors, Brick and Spoon, hosted Fox and Friends this morning.
3: Really? Yeah,
1: and they had all of the candidates that were in town for the debate came by brick and spoon this morning had breakfast and we're on live over there all across the country uh, i was looking at social media man it was like it was it was happening this morning and and what was funny is actually somebody uh from fox one of their i guess one of their setup people came to the tv station yesterday i guess to um i because you know obviously we're a tv station in town but they asked to talk to me because they I guess knew that I had some advertising with them, and so she wanted to ask me about the facility. And I, you know, if I thought it was big enough, and I said, "Yeah, I mean, it's," I said, "I said it's about twice as big as our newsroom." And I said, "It's there are no columns or anything, so it's kind of wide open." And so, um, so yeah, I guess they were, you know, doing their little checkout. The checkup team and wanted to ask me since they knew I was very familiar with the place. And I said, Yeah, get on over there at Brick and Spoon. Absolutely. Plug it,
5: plug it, plug it.
1: Yeah, how cool was that? All right, I'll tell you something else that's cool. And that's uh, Lewis. He's one of our great callers from up in uh, Music City. And uh, he's on the first of Condos hotline. Good morning, Lewis.
3: Good morning, Gary. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, I saw where last night MTSU Lady basketball team uh, beat the Lady Balls, which I'll tell you, man. Did they, did a they really? MTSU yes, beat Tennessee. Did. Yeah. Whoa! What a big I was that? Was that in was Murfreesboro in Har- or Knoxville? I, you know, I think it was. If I might have heard this wrong, I think it might have been a tournament in Huntsville. But uh, I may have that wrong. But I, uh, I, they did beat him And I'll tell you, man, replacing a legend like Pat Summit, yeah, it's tough. I want coach Saban to enjoy his job. He looks great hanging there coach many more years. Did you, Gary, did you see where a, a recruit gave him a Christmas ornament that said world greatest coach? Yeah, that is, was Drake Kirk, Kirk cook- Packers. That, Jun- that
1: was Drake Kirk yeah. Jr. Yeah, that, that's
3: right. <laughs> a, a top recruit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's, a, he's a, he had a great bloodline with his dad. So maybe, maybe he'll uh, sign with the tie, but you know, Coach Saban seems like he's big smile on it. He's having fun this year with the way this team's come around with the talent. Hopefully we can hang on to with all this craziness with uh transfer portal. But we've got we've got a young team. I think he's enjoying it. I think he's hopefully gonna uh, hang in there for quite a while. And Gary, that's that's all I got today. Love the show, man.
1: All right, thank you, Lewis. I looked that up. Yeah, not only did Middle Tennessee win the game. Over the Lady Valls. They won it, um, they won it 73 to 62. So it wasn't like it was a, a down of the wire. And, um, Lewis said he thought that was at a tournament in Huntsville. So I want to pull, I'm interested in that now. Yeah, sure was. That was at a tournament up in Huntsville. Um, what a win for middle Tennessee, um, to knock off the Lady Valls 73 62 in Huntsville, Alabama. Man, I, I just uh uh that's that's a huge win for Blue Raiders ladies basketball. Um yeah, I'm I'm pulling up some info on this now just because that's 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 uh that's interesting to me. I know you know Blue Raiders are a pretty good program. Yeah, they won uh won the game. It was twenty to twenty after the first quarter. It was 37-33 at half, it was fifty forty five after three. And then, of course, they wound up winning the game 73-62. So they won or tied all four quarters. So I guess it was not a tournament as much as it was just a game. It looks like that was being played at the Von Braun Center. Um, Maybe one of those deals, you know, with Murfreesboro just up the road from Huntsville. And, of course, Tennessee uh, recruits a lot in Alabama, too, for basketball. So they maybe just wanted to play a game there. In Huntsville for the fan basis, and Middle Tennessee took them down. That's a wow. That's a anyway. I, you know, just listen, Middle Tennessee is a good team, but you know what that means to them. It's like here in Alabama, if you have the University of Alabama women's team play, um, you know, Jacksonville State or, or, You know, North Alabama, Troy and uh, you know, that's going to be a huge win for them. And it's even more so because of the history and tradition of the University of Tennessee. So a big win for Middle Tennessee last night up in Huntsville over the Lady Vols. Of course, as I mentioned already Alabama blew, had a blowout win over Coastal Carolina yesterday in that fifth grade fast break game, which is a fun atmosphere. They bring all the fifth graders in from all over West Alabama and, and the schools and, and they play that game right there. And uh, unbelievable atmosphere and a big win for the Crimson Tide. All right, it's 941 here on the Gary Harris Show, 205-342-9904 if you want to join me on the First and Main Condominiums Hotline. All right, getting back again because... Uh, Listen, we're going to be talking Alabama football um, in depth now until they play in the Rose Bowl on January 1st. And Jalen Milroe is one of the great stories in college football this season. And he continues to be one of the great stories. Now, no, he's not going to New York for the Heisman, the four finalists, or uh Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, who I think will win it, and Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver from Ohio State, who will be there. He's a finalist, but he has no shot. It's going to be one of the quarterbacks, and uh, I think that the West Coast vote will be West Coast vote will be split some between Nix and Penix Jr., and I think the Southeast uh, portion of the vote, uh, Eastern half of the United States portion of the vote, is going to go strongly toward Jaden Daniels. So I think Jane Daniels is going to become the third LSU player to win the Heisman Trophy, joining Billy Cannon, and of course Joe Burrow. And now it will be, in my opinion, Jane Daniels. So two of them quarterbacks, of course, Billy Cannon. You got to go way back there, but what a great player, one of the great uh, athletes and and uh, big play stars in the history of the Southeastern Conference. If you don't know. About Billy Cannon, look him up sometime. And speaking of great legends from the SEC, I did not get to see this last night, Noah. I meant to record it at home, but it'll run again. The uh, latest uh, SEC storied piece is on Bart Starr, America's quarterback, the former great uh, Alabama quarterback. And, of course, you know, more famous for winning five, I think five world titles with the uh, Green Bay packers including the first two super bowls uh, that was on last night SEC story and it'll be on again I'll be looking to get that recorded and watch it of course Bart Starr one of the great gentlemen of sports as well and um you know when you talk about the SEC and you talk about football it just seems like Alabama's always intermingled in just about any conversation that you have because it is Dixie's football pride it is the Alabama Crimson Tide and it is All the national championships, all the SEC championships, and already added another SEC championship this year and now looking for another national title. All right, it's 9.43 here on the program. One final segment to get to in this first hour. And uh, when we come back on the other side, I'm going to talk some Bama basketball, the men's side of it, because the Crimson Tide is, um, is good. We know they're good. The question is how good? Well, we'll find out much more this weekend. When they play Purdue, and then the next three games are Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona. Three top ten teams for Alabama. Will they win all three? Will they win two or three? Will they win one or three? Will they win any of those three? We'll discuss that next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC.
0: It's the Holiday Mystery Sale at Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We're
2: forecasting sunshine and full supply today, the high 59. Tonight, fair with the low at 38. Tomorrow, partly sunny during the day. A few showers are possible tomorrow night, the high 66. Saturday, cloudy and mild. A few showers are likely. The high at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 39 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. For Alabama sports, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the
3: Tide
1: 100.9 app. All right, 946, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Hey, it's uh, the holidays, obviously, and for the uh, man in your life, if you're a lady or if you're a man and you just want to look your best, uh, you certainly need to get by and see Tom at T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. Their line of menswear, let me just say this. No, this is how how strong it is. Jalen Milrow, Isaiah Bond, uh, when they when they get ready to go to a game, where do you think they get their suits? T Town Menswear and T Town Gallery no University Mall. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely, absolutely. That's so, how do you think I was able to give away Noah Haynes autographed items and Jalen Milrow autographed items because they sign them for time when they're over there in the store picking out a great suit. Woo. Ooh, How about okay. that? So, you know, if you know, if Alabama football players want to look their best and they want to see T Town menswear uh, and T Town Gallery University Mall, then think about what Tom and the folks can do for you to look your best for the holidays. Goodbye and see them right there inside the University Mall. All right, Bama basketball. And this is a good team. A really good team. They're sitting at six and two. Um they did have that home court win streak snapped not long ago against Clemson. They have rolled over Moorhead State, Indiana State, which is a good team, beat South Alabama 102 46, rolled over Mercer. The first four games against those opponents, Alabama was averaging hundred points a game. But then they ran into a really good Ohio State team. Down at that Emerald Coast Classic in Destin. They lost. They came back and bounced back and beat a good Oregon team. Then the one that kind of sticks with everybody is at home in the SEC, the ACC SEC challenge. And they got bullied by Clemson and lost that game 85-77 at home. Did not play well. Clemson just was more physical. Clemson dominated in the paint. Of course, Alabama came back on Monday night and beat Arkansas State 89-65. But now with what they're about to face, this is this is some tough stuff now. I'm just going to tell you. This Saturday as part of the Hall of Fame series, they're going to play Purdue in Toronto, Canada, 12.30 central time. The game will be on Fox. Purdue, I think, currently, let me pull up the rankings. I think they're, they've are they been number one. I think they're currently number four. Let me pull up um, the latest poll because I want to make sure I use the latest poll numbers for these teams because I know Arizona's number one. Alabama's going to get their crack at them here soon as we'll talk more about it. Right now, Purdue is four. So, so listen to this. Alabama is going to play the number four team in the country on Saturday in Toronto. Then the next Saturday they're going to play the number ten team in the country, Creighton, in Omaha, Nebraska. That's part of the Hall of Fame series. So they'll be playing in Creighton's backyard. They got to play Purdue up in Canada. Then on Wednesday, December twentieth, as part of the Hall of Fame series in Phoenix. They'll play Arizona, which is the number one ranked team in the country. (laughs) So in a span of 11 days, they're going to play number four, number 10, and number one. That is an unbelievable stretch of basketball. And as I've said, Alabama is good. Could Alabama lose all three of those games? Potentially, yes. They're going to be underdogs in all three of those games. Alabama's outside the top 25 now, and you're playing three top 10 teams away from home? I mean, what a challenge. But it will give them an opportunity. There's no way in the world that Alabama will go into the Southeastern Conference portion of its schedule not being battle-tested. Again, let me let me rattle this off. This is the way Nate Oates likes to do it. Listen to who they will have played by the time they open SEC play at Vanderbilt on Saturday, January the sixth. Let me let me let me rattle this off for you folks, so you'll know. They will have played, as we've already mentioned, a really good Indiana State team. They will have played Ohio State, Oregon, Clemson, Purdue, Creighton, Arizona, and a good Liberty team. In that CM Newton Classic on December 30th. Now, not to mention the other teams that they played. But what a incredibly tough pre-conference schedule. Now, the problem is, they're sitting at 6-2 and two right now. You, you definitely want to win some of these games. I mean, if you were to say, let's just say, for argument's sake, they lose Purdue to Purdue. They lose at Creighton. And they lose at Arizona. You're six and five. Then you come home against Eastern Kentucky. You win that one. You're seven and five. You beat Liberty. You're eight and five. That's not a great record going into SEC play. Three games. Different. But when you look at those losses, I mean, I don't know the term quality loss is a weird a weird term for me because the idea is to win. But those would be quality losses. In other words, those would be losses to really good teams. Now if you win one or two of those Woo! It's just disappointing to me. I, because I, I, I don't see them winning more than one of these next three. I'm just being honest with you. I'd like to see them get one <laughs> of those three, but the loss to Ohio State and the loss to Clemson are are, are, are disappointing. I think Alabama should be eight and zero right now. I think they should be eight and zero instead. They're six and two. And if they're eight and zero, it gives you a little bit of. You know, it gives you a little bit of room to play with in terms of your record, in terms of your schedule. Um, but they're not. They're 6-2. and two. And you don't want to come out of this three-game stretch 6-5, and five, but that is a possibility. And that's not a knock on Alabama. As I said, I, I believe Alabama's a really talented team, a really good offensive team. Defensively, they're a work in progress. And physically, they don't have the kind of Bodies in terms of big physical style players that they're going to be going up against in these next three games. And they miss Charles Bediaco a ton. Miss his rim protection. I mean, you're talking about a seven-footer that he was the last line of defense. And I don't think that anybody, this time last year, expected Charles Bediaco to go into the draft last year. But he did. And now he's with the San Antonio Spurs. If he had to come back uh, to go along with the other pieces that they have, this team might be, probably would be 8-0. But he left along with Clowney and obviously Brandon Miller and others. But this is still a really fine basketball team. But they're going to be tested in a way that uh, not many teams get tested like this. Not many teams play the schedule that Alabama is playing ahead of their conference schedule. I like it. I love it. I think, it's, I think if you want to be elite, you play elite teams, not just in your league, but outside your league. You're acclimated to that type of basketball. You're not, you know, when you get in the, I remember there were a time, you know, in the SEC where most teams would play a really soft non-conference schedule. And then you felt like they got into the NCAA tournament sometimes and they were, you know, they just weren't. Acclimated to playing outside of their own league, playing those types of teams—the North Carolinas and the Dukes and the Indianas and and the UCLA's—and that's not the case for Alabama basketball. They're going to be ready for all those teams. All right, Noah, tell us a little bit about the uh, big uh, Elvis impersonator uh, concert that's coming up. But this is going to be a fun show.
2: Yeah, for sure. So. It's gonna be next Friday, so Friday, December fifteenth, uh, seven p.m. at Druid City Music Hall. They're gonna be having an Elvis uh, like a Christmas show. So he's gonna he's gonna be singing so this Elvis impersonator, Jerome Jackson, who is a very talented performer. He's won like a, a ton of awards for being an Elvis impersonator, and. Uh, He's going to be performing Elvis songs, some Elvis Christmas songs, and it's going to be a grand old time. I know last year, whenever they did it, I was there. They, like, packed out the whole place. So, DruidCityMusicHall.com. Tickets are $25 a person. And uh, that's where you can find them out next Friday, December 15th. Talking
1: about so, celebrating the holidays, yeah. that's the way to do it in style right there. So, all right, well, we're winding it down for this first hour. This hour of the Gary Harris Show has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. My good friends at uh, the Credit Union, Steve Swafford, Tommy Cobb, the whole crew there, man. Uh, Outstanding people, great organization. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to be a member. And I'd love for you to join me become a member at the Alabama Credit Union. Find out more at alabamacu.com. All right, in the second hour, we were guest free this first hour, but we'll have uh we'll have some good guests in hour number 2 starting off with the Falcons report with D Orlando Ledbetter. Hey Atlanta, I don't think they're a great football team, but they're the leaders in the NFC South. They are the team to beat. And uh, the Falcons uh Got a big win this past Sunday against the Jets and they'll look to keep it rolling. We'll have the latest from D. Orlando Ledbetter to kick off the second hour of the Gary Harris Show. All right, Gary Harris, Noah Haynes, one hour in the books. We got another hour on the way. Plenty of more Alabama football talk as well. So keep it dialed in right here for the second hour of the Gary Harris Show. Blue, blue. Since 2011, Billy's Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's, good food, good friends, and good time. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate, director of golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205 562 3201 O Colony is operated by Paramount. <woop> oh,
0: oh. ETBC Tuscaloosa and W two six five CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square Media station. Tide one hundred point nine and streaming on the Tide one hundred point nine app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick
4: Cope. News in the world of golf this morning. The Wall Street Journal reports John Rahm is set to leave the PGA Tour and join Live Golf with an announcement expected this week. The reigning Masters champ and number three ranked player in the world is set to collect a massive payday from the Saudi-backed league. NFL media reports Steelers running back Najee Harris is expected to play tonight against the Patriots despite a knee injury. In baseball, the Yankees acquired outfielder Juan Soto from the Padres last night as part of a seven-player deal. In the NBA, Joel Embiid went for 50 points as the Sixers beat the Wizards 131-126. to Luka Doncic had a triple-double in the first half as the Mavericks blew out the Jazz 147-97. Doncic had 40 points, 10 boards, and 11 assists. And Nikola Jokic had a triple-double, but the Nuggets fell to the Clippers, 111-102.
0: Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news, only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom.
2: Before four candidates from last night's Republican presidential debate at the University of Alabama had been making appearances this morning at the Break and Spoon at Temerson Square, as Fox and Friends did post-debate coverage from that location. The lawyer for 24-year-old Micah Washington, who was tased by a reformed police officer while handcuffed, watched the white female police officer fired and charged for her actions. The family of former New Orleans Saints player Glenn Foster Jr. Has filed a federal lawsuit against Pickens County Sheriff's Office and the county
5: jail claiming mistreatment led to his death. For
0: the latest local news in Tuscaloosa, sports updates. Oh and severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa
4: Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates.
1: All right, hour number two, the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC. The Tide 109 app, tide109.com. A lot of different ways that you can listen to us. Download that app, though. That is the uh, best and most convenient way take us uh, with you anywhere that you go. This hour of the program being brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Local in West Alabama, feet on the ground. That's important. Paul Patterson's in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. Remember, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Find out more at Firm.com.
4: No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers.
1: Well, if it's Thursday at 10 a.m., it's the football season, that means it's time to talk with my pal D. Orlando Ledbetter, longtime Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com. And he joins us uh, to break down all things Atlanta. Falcons. The first place, Atlanta Falcons. Good morning, Orlando. How are you? Hey, good morning, Gary. Thanks for having me this week. Good to have you as always. Six and six just epitomizes average, but in the NFC South, it's good enough to be in solo first place. The Falcons uh, won a I better not say it. I was going to be a little bit uh, sarcastic there. But I guess it was kind of a thrilling game, <laughs> if you like defense. And lots of it. 13-8, to they gutted it out. We knew the Jets were bad on offense and good on defense. And uh, that's just the way it played out. But the Falcons did enough to get the win. And it was a huge win uh, against the Jets last Sunday. Yeah,
6: no doubt, Gary. They had stumbled uh, in previous games where they were supposed to win against uh, Washington, Washington. Uh, and, uh, Tennessee and, and Arizona. So, you know, it was a step in the uh, right direction and beating the team you were supposed to beat. Uh, Punt Fest, a lot of punts there, but, uh, uh, in the rain up there, but they pulled out the victory and get to keep moving here with five games to play. You got a one
1: game lead over the Saints and the Bucs. Yeah, and a huge game coming up uh against the Bucks. Uh But let's, yeah, you know, of course you can't. It's no wood as a could sh- and should as in football. You are what your record says you are. Parcells said it. Yeah. I agree with it. But, man, when you look at who they've been able to beat, they were able to beat the, the Packers. They were able to beat Houston. Um... You know, they beat Tampa Bay already once. If you just go back in those, in those losses against the, the, the Cardinals and the Titans and, and you look at those games and, and the commanders and you just think, man, if they would just taken care of business against those bad teams, they would have been running away with this thing easily. But I guess everybody in the NFC South can say that because it's a bunch of average teams.
6: Yeah, no doubt a bunch of teams in transition at the quarterback position, uh, trying to find their way. You know, uh, Baker Mayfield's probably a, a placeholder in Tampa. Uh, Derek Carr, the same in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, Carolina's all messed up with Bryce Young down there. So, uh, and the owner probably meddling a little bit too much. But, uh, yeah, all the teams are in a down cycle. Uh, so, but somebody's got to go to the playoffs. It's been Tampa Bay and the Saints fighting for it the last few years. And now the Falcons are at least showing that, uh, they might be in
1: the mix. For the NFC South title. Yeah, no doubt about it. And good news is so far, they are 3-0 and against their other NFC South opponents. They've got three games left. Beginning, as I said, this Sunday against Tampa Bay. You already won. The Falcons already won at Tampa Bay. So, again, you're, you're not going to wrap up a division where everybody is just right around 500. But this would be a big step in the right, deci- yeah. uh, right direction if they could sweep the, the Bucs this Sunday at home.
6: Yeah, no doubt you get uh you you know basically could knock them kind of out of it with uh you know two wins right. as the head-to-head breakthrough. So yeah, it's uh it's worth two wins for them to win this one, uh, and, and uh you know they uh, needed a 51-yard field goal to beat them down there, but they had three fumbles in the red zone, so they really beat them a lot better, lot um, you know worse than the score indicated. So uh, you know they be pretty favorite going coming into this one. They'll have to do a, a better job with Mike Evans than Carolina did, and uh, you know that's just the way it's gonna gonna go down on Sunday.
1: I didn't get to watch any of the Jets game. Uh, I just read the the read read some of your coverage, but um, you know when you're looking at Desmond Ritter, uh, you're looking at, at as we've talked about trying to build some consistency, and I guess. Um, you know, the bottom line is for a quarterback, he's trying to lead your team to a win, and and he did enough. He only threw for 121 yards. What did you think of his uh, performance against the Jets?
6: Yeah, that, it was just more of a managing type of deal. They uh, weren't even trying to move it late uh, because, you know, they knew the Jets couldn't score. They were just trying to get out of there. He did hit on a nice touchdown pass to McColl Pruitt, uh, did, uh, you know, throw an interception there that was wiped away by a, a penalty. So um, just a very business-like uh, game for him. They didn't ask him to do too much, and they got out there with the W now. And um, if the Bucks can stop the run here, uh, then he's going to have to make some plays uh, in the passing game, and that's been the problem all year.
1: Yeah, we'll see if he can do it. Uh, I want to ask you about the Saints because they were your pick going into the season, and my gosh, man, uh, you know, and now cars hurt again. Uh Defensively, they've gotten gassed at times. Are you surprised at how poorly the Saints have, have played? Because I agree with you. I think on paper, going into the season, um, they had the best team in the NFC South.
6: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, a lot of that was based on the fact that uh, Derek Carr was the quarterback. Matt, he would, he knew uh, Coach Allen, and they would be able to to get that offense moving uh, again. But uh, that hasn't quite happened like that. And then the defense is, uh, you know, taking on some uh, some injuries and, you know, some losses, actually. Some of them to the Falcons with David Ayumata signing with the Falcons and Caden Ellis uh, signing up here. So, uh, yeah, wasn't expecting the offense to be as bad as it is and thought the defense would be able to sustain things and uh, help, help them keep on competing in the NFC South.
1: When you look at the schedule the rest of the way out, I I think the Falcons are going to win Sunday. I'll ask you in a moment what you think. But uh, let's say that they they do, um, and again, the Saints having their own issues. Do you still – it still feels like to me that it will come down to that final Sunday with the the Saints and the Falcons, though, for this division. Does it to
4: you? Yeah,
6: because, you know, the Falcons and the Saints both have the same uh, uh, schedule, strength of schedule. Tampa Bay has the hardest schedule left. Uh, you know the Falcons could probably lose to the Colts here in a couple weeks. Uh, you know they should be okay against the Bears, and then I will give them you know a three uh, three more wins. I'll have them at nine and uh, seven going into that last game and needing that one to to wrap up the title. So uh, that's definitely uh, what the uh, league probably had in mind when they were drawing up the schedule.
1: What do you think about Sunday? Uh, Falcons already, as we said, won once over the Bucks in Tampa. Now they get them at home. Of course, again with this Falcons team, I don't, you know, you never ever take anything for granted. But as I said, I they should win this game, in my opinion. What do you think, Orlando?
6: Yeah, I think they should win the game. Also, Gary, uh, you know that they, they uh, uh, got to do what they can do well, and that's run the football and play defense to keep them out of the uh, end zone. They have two straight games without allowing a team to score a touchdown. And uh, when you do that, you got a chance to at least field goal them to death with desk with Way Koo, and uh, maybe you hit a big play or two and, uh, you know, pull out the victory. Yeah, you haven't seen a lot of big plays. Uh, John Lee Smith had the 60-yarder there a couple weeks back. But uh need to see Bijan when he gets in the open, I see him take one to the house here or there. Uh, but, um, you know, that's the way the formula – to beat uh, Tampa Bay, is going to be
1: to run the ball and play good defense. Orlando, let's go around the, the NFC for a moment here because it's such an interesting uh, conference this year <laughs> with with re- really, I think, three uh, marquee teams, with the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. And the Lions are, are certainly trying to make an argument, but I still think they're a little... Uh, maybe a notch below those three teams. The uh, Eagles had, uh, their, their schedule's been tough. They played three games in 13 days, culminating with the 49ers who had been on a 10 day break coming into Philly last week. And the 49ers just took them to the woodshed. Now the Cowboys host the not Eagles. Uh, Eagles are still 10 and two, but the Cowboys are nine and three. The Cowboys could swing this division. It feels like with a win on, on Sunday at home. Uh, how do you see that matchup?
6: Yeah, I think, um, I think the Cowboys will be favored or should be favored to win that one. Dak is playing really good right now. Uh, I was watching some of the clips this morning where he's, uh, you know, making the right reads and making quick throws and being real decisive, you know, not uh, holding on to the ball too long and getting into trouble. So he's uh, trusting his receivers, taking his check down. Uh, You know, he's looking for C.D. Lamb, of course, but when he's not there, He doesn't have a problem with getting it to brandon cook or to the running back so uh that's a big step forward for dallas then you you put a running game with it and get a lead and then you could uh uh, send michael parsons and the guys after the quarterback so that's been uh you know it's been fun watching them develop this
1: season and turn into one of the league's top teams and for the 49ers course, they hit that stretch where they lost a few games but when they're healthy um And, of course, you know, I still don't want to discount the the Eagles either. I still think the Eagles in the playoffs, if they can get the home field advantage, are going to be hard to handle. But that was an impressive performance the 49ers put on Sunday uh, in in Philly. Um, Who do you think is the best team in the NFC right now? Yeah,
6: I think it's the 49ers. Um, They got over those uh, issues. And then picking up Chase Young to play opposite of both really makes that defense formidable. So, uh, yeah, I think that beat down of Philly was legit. And we're going to, uh, you know, just see a matter of if they can stay healthy here. Uh, and, and Kyle's got to keep his running back location together because he's going to run the ball. And that makes Brock Purdy go. So, uh, But, yeah, I think getting Chase Young at the trade deadline was a great move by John Lynch and the 49ers. And I was looking up. Uh, You know, there'll be some battles in the playoffs, you know, with Detroit, Dallas, and the Eagles, and whoever else can get through, the Falcons, Packers, or Green Bay, but um, yeah, right now, San Francisco's looking like a cut above everybody else.
1: In the AFC, um, it's a little more log jammed, uh, and I think a little more open to debate. Like I said, I think you got those three teams in the NFC. In the AFC, you you know, there's five or six teams you can make an argument for, Uh, you've What's surprising is you look up in the AFC East Orlando and, and the Dolphins uh, are 9-3. and three. They got a three-game lead on the Bills. I, I mean, I still can't figure the Bills out, how you can have that much talent and be at 500. Uh, but let's just talk about that division. Are you surprised with the way the Bills' season has played out?
6: Yes, I am. Uh, I thought um, Ken Dorsey would do a good job as the coordinator there. That, that hasn't been the case, and he got fired. Uh, so yeah, offensively, you got, uh, you know, you got some questions to, uh, answer. You got to respond there, uh, because, you know, Sean McDervis, a defensive coach. So they should have had a better succession plan when Brian Daybowl was leaving. Uh, they didn't, and it's, uh, costing them, uh, uh, you know, a season here because, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs was acting out last year. So at some point, you got to get more weapons or, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, do it a different way. They didn't figure that out. And now uh, Miami's coming, and they got a, a, you know, really good job, really doing a really good job down there. Of course, New England's falling off, and the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers. So uh, that division is, uh, you know, all Miami right now. And uh, it's exciting to watch them play.
1: AFC South, um, boy, the Jaguars – that loss at home the other night, of course, they, they we don't know what Trevor Lawrence's status is with that an ankle. You look up, man. I, I think three or four weeks ago, we all thought the Jags were going to run away with this thing, but the Colts and Texans are nipping at their heels at 7-5. and five.
6: Yeah, and uh, surprising uh, teams there, too. Uh, you know, uh, Gardner Minshew is a pro. You know, he uh, uh, is, is uh, functioning well. They got Johnson Taylor back for a little while. Uh, and uh, maybe he'll come back here in a, in a couple more games. But yeah, good uh, football team, good solid football team. They left in uh, uh, Indianapolis, and the D'Amico uh, Ryan's is doing a great job in Houston. Nobody knew the, the young quarterback was going to be this good. Uh, you know, especially after the um, the testing uh, um, controversy during the draft pre-draft part. Uh, so yeah, Houston. Is definitely uh, on the come. The Colts are definitely uh, on the come. And uh, and the South coach here in a couple weeks, uh, they were able to beat Houston, mm-hmm. uh, lost to Tennessee, and then, um, you know, they lost to, to Jacksonville when in they're, in the, you know, playing the AFC South. They got all the Colts will be the last one, and so far they're one and two against that division.
1: Yeah, it's just—I tell you what—we are set up for an amazing stretch run uh, in the AFC because I didn't even mention the Ravens and and the Chiefs and the Chiefs—not you know good, but they don't seem to be what they've been. One final question: Is this Belichick's last season in New England?
6: Oh yeah, and I think uh, we might as well watch them tonight and see um, you know just how bad they are. Phew. Three games in a row with. Uh, they scored, uh, held the team to 10 points, but haven't won first, yeah. <laughs> first time since the 30. So, um, yeah, all good things must come to an end. And uh, Bill check in New England is about to wrap up here.
1: Looks like it. All right, awesome stuff, Orlando. And um, fill the listeners in on where they can find you.
6: Yeah, I'm at, uh, on Twitter at Dear Orlando AJC. Our website is AJC.com. <laughs> and our Facebook page is Atlanta Falcons News Now.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Orlando. Have a great day, buddy.
6: All right. You too, Gary.
1: All ten right, seventeen here on the Gary Harris Show. we got just people coming up at the bottom of the hour. Coming up next, though, we'll have more phone calls. Cowboys on hold. Cowboy, we're going to get to you on the other side. This is the Gary Harris Show on top 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our cows. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timberson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. It's the Tide 100.9,
0: Tuscaloosa weather. We're forecasting sunshine and full supply today, the high 59.
2: Tonight, fair with a low at 38. Tomorrow, partly sunny during the day. A few showers are possible tomorrow night, the high 66. Saturday, cloudy and mild. A few showers are likely, the high at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 48 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Want to jump into any of the shows? Call Tied 100.9 right now at 205-342-9904. Will somebody
6: answer that damn phone?
0: That's 205-342-9904.
1: All right, it's ten twenty here on the Gary Harris Show. Our thanks to uh, the Orlando Ledbetter, one of the best professional football writers in the business. And not only breaking down the Falcons, but going around the NFL with us. I wanted an opportunity to do that because I love the NFL. I enjoy it. And uh, it's looking uh, looking like it's going to be an incredible stretch run. Let's jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in the Cowboy out there in uh, Big D, Dallas, Texas. What up, Cowboy?
3: How you doing, Gary? You got any donuts you can send me through the airways? Man, I can get
1: you some, man. I can get you some. You uh, next time, next time you're in town, I I we'll. I love them too. I got to watch. I got to watch now that that uh, they're on the radio with me. That I don't eat too many of them, though, dude. Yeah.
3: I like them with that uh, lemon feel. And- oh, that's my Ooh, favorite. That lemon
1: filled glazed is my, that's amazing that you said that. Because I tell you what, I, that's, that's my go-to donut is the lemon filled glazed from Krispy Kreme, but it's my all-time favorite. Lord, have
3: mercy. That, that tartness going up
1: against that, that sweetness, you know, it's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I
3: like, I like, I like to be some lemon stuff. I'm a lemon fan. That's just sure. good Well, hey, uh, there's some, there's some kind of a big NFL weekend. Um I was what D Orlando, I kind of got in middle ways on him. What did he say about the Falcons in Tampa Bay? Uh,
1: well, he thought he, he he thinks the Falcons are going to win the game, and I do too. And and he he uh you know, he just said the Falcons aren't, you know, they're average, but but average, he thinks is going to be good enough to win that division. It still could come down to the Saints and Falcons on that final Sunday. January 7th but you know they won an ugly game against the Jets but he said you know they knew they were going to have to win an ugly game against the Jets and yeah. um so but the, you know if they if they win this Sunday they pretty much eliminate the Bucks because they would have two wins over the Bucks head to head and have two games you know leading the standings so uh they control their own destiny i mean 6 and 6 is mediocre it's average but average probably is going to be good enough to win that division so uh you you take it if you can get it and i you know i, I I've followed the Falcons long enough, though, to know you never take anything for granted with that team. That's for sure. Even, even yeah, you I know, think... even when they go to Carolina next week, they could be. Keep in mind, Carolina's got one win, but their one win was over a really good Houston team. And as much as I was happy for Bryce to get that win over C.J. Stroud, when I look back on it now, it was Houston who won that game because D'Amico was one of my favorite players here when I covered him, and that would have been a huge. That's a that's a bad loss for Houston. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. But they, the Houston picked up that win at Jacksonville, so they probably balanced out when you think about it.
1: You yeah, know. maybe so.
3: Hey, um, but I, Atlanta's won, what, two or three in a row? Something tells me Tampa might get them in Atlanta, but I might be wrong. I, yeah.
1: Well, it is, it is the it is it is the Falcons that we're talking about, and uh, they have one two in a row. And you know, yeah, get, getting the three in a row might be too much for them. So
3: we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Well, let's get to the meat of it here—the big game, Philadelphia Dallas. What do you think, Jerry?
1: Well, you know, I, the Eagles are just so hard to beat. But you know, they played those three games in thirteen days. Uh, they played the the 49ers on 10 days rest and it was just way too the 49ers were way too much sunday i mean that wasn't just a win that 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 was a statement that was a statement win yeah. by the 49ers and you know i watched the game i, I got to you know i got to i got to believe what i see with my own eyes and, and that right now is the 49ers. I, I think based on that game and how difficult it has been to beat Philadelphia over the last couple of years, not only did I put the 49ers at the top of the NFC, I put them at the top of football. I, I put, I, right now they're the best right. team in football. Now, getting yeah. to your game you're talking about, I like Dallas. I mean, you know, if, if, if the Cowboys are ever going to do it, okay, if they're ever going to get over the hump, you, you've got them in your stadium. Uh you've been scoring points by the bushels. Um the Eagles are are the Eagles are banged up too. That's something if you follow if you don't follow them, you probably don't right. know it. But Cowboy, well, they got a lot of injuries. And I'm telling you that that knee that Jalen Hurts is playing with, it is impactful. Have you watched him run lately? Um kind of Very much so. And let's be honest, that that limits that limits their offense when he's not able to, to go full speed.
3: So I like the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean. I do too, but if the Eagles won, it wouldn't surprise me. But I think that the the money pick would
1: be Dallas and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and like but, I said, if they don't, listen, if they don't get it done Sunday, with all this on the line, a chance to have the, you know, split with the Eagles, be tied in the division, have as good a chance maybe a better chance at Philadelphia to win the division. If they don't do it Sunday, then they're not ever going to do it. And uh, but,
3: you, you, you know, down the road, Dallas has got to go to Miami and to Buffalo, and then they got Detroit home on the Jimmy Johnson Ring of Honor. Sunday. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. That's a good point. That that, that trip to Buffalo too is going to be whoo. That's going to be the, w- the wintry game, and Buffalo is going to be desperate. So yeah, you might be right. Yeah, winning Sunday doesn't guarantee them anything. But if let's be honest with it. About it. If they lose, we can guarantee one thing they're done. As far as the division is yeah, concerned. Yeah. I mean, that be yeah. they've well, been swept know, by the Eagles. San Fran- yeah. San Francisco wants Dallas to beat the Eagles because
3: San Francisco owns the Trump card. They oh, absolutely, they now. do.
1: No doubt about it. Yeah. And if the 49ers get home field, they're going to the Super Bowl. The only chance yeah. the Eagles have to get to go to the Super Bowl is to get that home field because going to Philadelphia in January. Um, that's no picnic for anybody. You know what I mean? But if they've yeah. got to travel, um, like I said, I, I have not as been as goo, goo, gaga over the 49ers as some people have been because, you know, I saw them hit a stretch where they didn't play well. But, you know, but when they're healthy, um, i mean, you know, I, I, like I said, what I watched Sunday was impressive, man. I mean. Woo. They, even when the yeah, Eagles made like that, come, you thought the kid. Eagles were about to make a comeback when they got that touchdown to pull them within. And then the, and, and I've never, not only do they have playmakers and McCaffrey's awesome. Samuel's awesome, but the Eagles are a good defensive team, even though they're a little bit hurt. They ran, did you see how they ran through the tackles in that game? Oh, yeah. My yeah. gosh. The Eagles couldn't tackle them. Well, there were a bunch of plays where if they just tackled the guy, <laughs> it would have been an eight yard gain. And instead it turned into, uh, yeah, there. Man, I I was yeah. impressed. I was so impressed with the the Niners. I think the Niners are, because I think in the AFC, and this is what I was talking to Orlando about, AFC's good, but I don't see I don't see the the I see the marquee teams in the NFC this year, man. I do
3: too. I I can't get a hold on who I think the AFC.
1: Nobody can. That's what? what I'm telling you, man. Oh. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are good, but they're not great. Buffalo's six and six. Yeah. You know, I, I, right now, I would, I would say, I would still say the Ravens because in the playoffs, their defense is just a difference maker. Ooh, After that, yeah. I'd go Dolphins, yeah. then I'd go Chiefs, yeah. then I'd go Jaguars. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this now: if Trevor Lawrence is is not 100, I don't, I don't think it's a given. The Jaguar are going to win that division.
3: Oh, I don't either. I don't think they're going to beat Cleveland Sunday because he he can't. He's not coming back after that injury in one uh, in not six days. I don't see it.
1: Well, I'd love to that, see the Texans. Is- I'd love to see the Texans win that division.
3: Oh, that, that'd be
1: awesome for D'Amico. You better put some stock on them boys because they're going to be good. Yeah. D'Amico is, uh, boy, D'Amico. <laughs> when you look at where that team was last year and what the yeah. job he's done. Now that one that they lost, I know they won at Jacksonville, but in the return game, they couldn't, they couldn't finish it off. If they had beaten Jacksonville in, in Houston, they would be eight and four. The Jags would be seven yeah. and five and Texans would have the tiebreaker, uh, against them, but they yeah. can still well, win the division though.
3: You know, last week they beat a a good Denver team that now has bought into the uh, Sean Tate Oh, they certainly have. Football.
1: I know. I, I I I agree with you. Uh, Denver's played great. I mean, you look back at that game when they when they got seventy hung on them by Miami, and you thought, "Whew, Lord, they're they're headed toward about a three and fourteen, But no, they're playing really well. That was a that was a a, a big win. But there's a lot of good teams. There's probably more depth of good teams in the in the AFC than the NFC, but the nfc has the elite teams i i think i think i think 49ers eagles and cowboys are the three best teams in football and they're all in the nfc i i, w- I would take them yeah. i would take those three ahead of the dolphins ahead of the ravens ahead of the chiefs i mean i just would that's for sure
3: well hey one last thing and i'll let you go uh this Alabama Purdue basketball game uh, it's Saturday. I guess we're gonna find out kind of what we're made of. Well, I just I had
1: a whole basketball segment earlier. You, you missed it. I, I talked about you know Alabama six and two. I thought that to be honest with you, I thought they'd be eight zero oh at this point. They got pushed around by Ohio, Ohio State. They got pushed around to Clemson, and now they're about to face three of the most dominant low post teams in the country: Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona. Three straight games. All away from home. They'll play Purdue in Toronto. They play Creighton in Omaha and they play Arizona in Phoenix. I just said there's a very real possibility that they lose all three of those games. And that's not, and Alabama's a good team. I'm not saying they're not a good team, but you're talking about playing number four, number 10, and number one back to back to back. And all three of those teams have what Alabama's going to struggle against experienced, size, and power in the post. I just don't know that they can guard these teams down low, man. They got to get Pringle back. Uh, to have yeah. any shot, yeah. and you, they're just yeah. going to have to find a toughness and a, a a willingness to mix it up down low. Because if you let Edie, and I say easier said than done, but if you let him get where he wants to get and catch the ball down there, you can't stop the guy. You're either going, he's either going to score or you're going to foul him. You know what I mean? Right. You got to be right. able to push him away from his spot. And I just don't know that Alabama's got the size or the power to do it.
3: Yeah. They. They're lanky, let's put it that way. Yeah, they're
1: long and <laughs> lean, but they're not they're not a lot of they're not a lot of beef on that Alabama team. Hey, cowboy, I gotta hit the break, right. man. Good time to you. All right, it's 1031. We'll take a timeout and come back with Jeff Spiegel, ABC 3340, next, right here on the Gary Hair Show.
0: Are you ready to? University of Alabama sports as well as the national and local scene as well the Gary Harris show only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app
1: It's 10.35 and it's Speegs time here on the Gary Harris Show, the longtime sports anchor ABC 3340, host of The Zone and uh, weekly Thursday guest here on the program. What's up, Speegs? Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing great. Well, the Super 7 state championships are underway and last night uh, we had a, a, a good one. And we expected to have a good one. And a lot of people expected Central Phoenix City. It was all like George Alabama. The last time that uh, Thompson had lost a seven A state championship game, it was a Central Phoenix City. And a lot of people felt like that they would lose last night and they did, but give them credit. They hung in that game. I really thought it was obvious to me in the first quarter. And this is very rare, Jeff, that we say this. I don't know if I've said it in a long time to see. Thompson out-athleted, if you will. But Central Phoenix City is loaded. They went at 21-19, keeping Thompson from a fifth straight AHSA State Championship. That's only been done once by the great uh, Hazelwood High School, the former Hazelwood High School in the late 80s and 90s with, all, of course, all the goods and the hoods and all that crew up there, Langhams and all that bunch. But uh they won five in a row. But Thompson comes up short because I just think at the end of the day, Jeff, Central Phoenix City was better
7: yeah no no doubt about it and look Thompson had their opportunities sure Central did. Phoenix City gave them a lot of opportunities you know there was an interception by them there was a fumble by them there were like uh I think there were two muff punts right and so Central Phoenix City gave gave Thompson a lot of opportunities but Central Phoenix City was able to you know overcome those mistakes and I think one thing that Thompson will look back on in this game is late in the first half they were at the 20 and uh had first down at the 20, and then uh, one of the uh, Central Phoenix City uh, guys stripped the ball from A.J. Green, and uh, and that was big, you know, because they were going in to make it 14-10. to 10, And, um, you know, I know, you know, there was a missed field goal at the end and all that, but, but you look back at the opportunities that Thompson had and that Central Phoenix City gave them, and it's a story of the Red Devils just, you know, overcoming the mistakes they made and, of course, the huge play in the game was the uh, 73-yard catch and run by Coleman and uh, I mean he's just an electrifying player and uh, that was the that was the big play in the game to me
1: yeah, it was. And, uh, as you said, I mean, Thompson is so hard to beat, uh, that they, they, they gave themselves a chance and, you know, got a 43 yard field goal there with a, you know, a little over two minutes to go. If they hit that, they'd had a one point lead and we would have seen if Central Phoenix City could have come back and, and went down and scored, but it was a great way to kick it off. Of course, they had the two girls flag games yesterday as well. And now the next two days, it's a football bonanza. I know the, I know the turf people there, the fields, the uh, superintendent people at Bryan News Stadium are going to hit that. Practice, hit that field on Saturday to start repairing it. Because we got three games today, Jeff, one, three, and 5A, and three more tomorrow, two, four, and 6A. So uh, uh, we got a lot of high school football right here in T-Town the next couple of days. What 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 are yeah. some of the matchups? I know we got a great 6A game, great 5A game. What are some of the matchups you're looking forward to?
7: Well, I think the 3A game that kicks off here at 11 has got the uh, the opportunity to be a track. I mean, you've got Mobile Christian and Madison Academy. uh Mobile Christian, I think, averages 50 a game um, uh, uh, Madison Academy, uh, uh, averages about 42, 43 a game. So that could be a very entertaining 3A games. For the folks at that 11 a.m. game are going to be in for a treat. Coosa Christian, you know, the best five loss team in the history of high school football, probably because they had a bunch of those forfeits. And, uh, but, but they're terrific. And, you know, they're playing a Leroy team that, you know, that's kind of been there and done that. Mm-hmm. And then you got Ramsey, who's just yep. you know had a fantastic two-year run, and they're playing Gulf Shores with Ronnie Royal, who's also one of those electric players in the mold of uh, of Coleman. He's a kid who transferred from Alexandria and he's just had a terrific you know career for them. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a great triple header today,
1: I think, Gary. Yeah, and then of course the six A game. Uh, let's just. Call it for what it is. I mean, you got Clay Chalkwell versus saraland and you got Ryan Williams versus Jalen Mbakwe. Not literally, but two of the most electric players in the state, both committed to Alabama. Uh that's gonna be uh because I'm telling you, Ryan Williams is awesome, but is pretty special too, Jeff.
7: Sure, and I think KJ lacy is a guy who's committed to Texas, right? The quarterback for for uh for Sarah Land, correct? Yeah. And um yeah, and they they've they got a lot of good players. As usual, when you get to this stage of the game and you're in the championship game, yeah, there is one player that everyone talks about, but there are a lot of players on the on these teams that are just, you know, really talented football players. And I love the fact that the 6A game is the last one in the group because, I mean, I feel like you agree with me on this, Gary, that the, the quality of football in 6A, I mean, is just as good as the quality of football in 7A. You know, I mean and you and you could argue that it, you know, it's it may be even better. Yep. Because there are just so many teams, so many talented teams out there, and the playing field is just uh is just full of just great teams.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean six A Thompson had one regular season loss and that was to Clay Chockville. And uh and I, and listen, those two teams last night were really good, but I'm telling you, Sarah Lynn and, and Clay Talkville can play with, play with anybody. So big weekend or big couple of days there with high school football. College football wise, Jeff, um, I got to revisit what happened with, uh, you know, last Saturday in Atlanta. The tide uh, got it done against Georgia 27-24, then got the uh, news they were hoping for on, on Sunday. And now they're into the playoff as a four c But I wonder if in your mind, Alabama's the favorite to win it all now that they're in.
7: Well, I think all you need to know is you need to go back and look at the video of when Michigan found out they drew Alabama <laughs> in the first round, they and the growth and all that. I mean, uh, and I heard Gene Corrigan say this: the uh, the committee chair uh, in the interview with Reese Davis. He said, "Here's what the coaches talk about. They talk about who are the teams. Who are the teams that you want to play? All right, let's let's put let's put those teams over here in this group. But over here in this group." Are teams that you don't want to play and those are the teams that, that belong in the playoff you know teams that you don't want to run into in a dark alley you know and Alabama is that team and that's why the the, the Michigan the Michigan team I mean it was praying for Florida State to come up on that board I mean because they were they knew they were just gonna you know dot their eyes on New Year's Day mm-hmm. but Alabama came up and they're not looking and they're not looking forward to that now now they are looking forward to that because they want to prove themselves, you know, to finally be able to hang with and beat an SEC team. But um, that—that's—that's that's just a, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought if Alabama got in the playoffs, I mean, I thought they could win it, and I still believe that, just very strongly.
1: Jeff. Um... You know, I was on another show this morning before my show, and Dudley Dawson, who covers Arkansas, called it fake outrage. And I, and I think there's some truth to that. Uh, I, I, You know, I don't know that there's as many people that are really concerned about Florida State as they are just mad that Alabama's in. But the thing about it, man, it's it just took the last year of this 14 playoff for this to happen. But, the, the you know, it was always flawed. I mean, you put a 14 playoff in place when you had five power five conference, you know, conferences, and it just never, we never had a year like this with a log jam, but people are, all this shock and outrage. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner than this.
7: Well, yeah, I totally agree with you. And look, you know, the politicians need to stay out of this. They don't have any place in this conversation at all. You know, the college football playoff, you know, as you said, was built for controversy like this. And I'm, and I'm so tired of hearing, you know, the that they were deserving. You know, we're, we're not looking for the four most deserving teams. If you were looking for deserving teams to be in the playoff, I mean, then just put eight in a hat and draw four, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're looking for the four best teams. And, you know, if you can stand there and honestly tell me that Florida State is a better playoff caliber team than Alabama, Are a better playoff caliber team than Texas. I mean, you, you can't, you can't make that argument. And the worst thing that could have happened to Florida State was playing that ACC championship game right after the SEC championship game because it was like watching paint dry. I mean, it was awful, awful football. And another thing, you know, the Florida State folks were saying, hey, we went 2 0 against the SEC. Well, guess what? Alabama went 9-0 and against the SEC. <laughs> right. And Florida State's best win is LSU. That's Alabama's third best win. So, you know, the, res- the resumes don't even compare. And so, you know, when I went to bed Saturday night, I thought, you know, they're going to put Florida State in. Not because it's the right thing to do, but just because, you know, it's never been done that a Power Five undefeated conference champion is left out. But when I woke up Sunday morning, I said, yeah, they're, they're going to do the right thing and put Alabama in. And if you put Alabama in, you got to put Texas in. So uh, I think they've got the four best teams without a doubt.
1: Yeah, looking, looking forward to the playoff, that's for sure. Um, for Alabama, Jeff, specifically, you know, you and I tracked this team the whole year. And early in the year, I mean, it, you know, they lost to Texas at home. Although we know how good Texas is, and and then that South Florida game, they got through the game with a W, but it was a debacle. And you're coming back home to play Ole Miss. Jalen Milroe's going to be back at quarterback. Nobody really knew how he was going to play, and there were a lot of people picked Ole Miss to win that game. A lot of people, and then a lot of people picked A and M to win at College Station, including me. Uh, A lot of people picked Tennessee to to win a two in a row, or you know, Alabama just kept stringing wins together. And now you look up, and they are 12 and one, nine and zero in the SEC. 30 SEC championships in the hunt for another national championship. And when you look at what they've got coming back next year, even with the losses that they're going to have in the portal into the NFL, if they win this thing this year, look out for next year, because I think they're going to be better, Jeff. Yeah, yeah,
7: no doubt about it. I mean, this is a team that's loaded, you know, to uh, to win back-to-back championships. Uh, the Milrose story is just amazing. I mean, he just keeps getting better and better. And, and Gary, he's not done. I mean, I think he's going to do some pretty special things in the playoff, too. I mean, uh, this is a guy who's hungry. This is a guy who still plays with a chip on his shoulder and feels like he's got something to prove. And and, and I love also the way this team is connected. You know, it it may be the more – it may be the closest-knit team in the Nick Saban era. And I would also say this. I think it's a team that's connected more Mm -hmm. to its head coach than any other team in the Nick Saban era. I mean, uh, it, it's pretty special what they've got going on, and and that's another reason why I think they're going to go two and zero in this thing.
1: On the other end of the state, you got Auburn six and six, kind of about what we all expected. They are going to bowl game and um, going to get to play Maryland with uh, Talia Tangavaloa. And I know a lot of Auburn fans understand recruiting. You mentioned Cam Coleman, an incredible electric wide receiver from Central Phoenix City, committed to Auburn. Uh, Perry Thompson from Foley, another great wide receiver committed to Auburn. So you gotta recruit. You gotta hit the portal. Uh, but I know a lot of Auburn fans are saying, well, we almost beat Alabama. Should've beat Alabama, almost beat Georgia. Yeah, but that was at home. And now the schedule flips. You gotta go to Sanford Stadium. You gotta go to bryant Denny. Uh, those two venues have been nightmares on the road for Auburn. So I think Auburn will have a better football team, but you don't have the advantage next year of Georgia and Alabama coming to your place. So close was nice, but, you know, it's still going to be a grind. And I think Auburn's still running uphill next year as far as the 2024 season is concerned. What do you think?
7: Yeah, it will be. They're still building. And, you know, give Hugh a lot of credit. Hugh is recruiting his tail off, and he's getting some really good players. And, and my thinking is, hey, they're getting all these receivers. What are they going to do at quarterback? That leads me to think that something's really cooking in terms of quarterback. And um, and it le- also leads me to think that, you know, Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford may not be the answer, you know, in 2024. That uh, Hugh's going to take a good long look at that portal. I don't know why the Grayson McCall thing didn't work out last year. I've heard that may be option A. I've heard Will Rogers might be an option for them. But, but but there are, uh, are going to be a lot of arms, you know, to choose from in that portal. And I feel like, uh, I feel like Hugh's going to go get somebody. Uh, and I feel like, uh, you know, conversations have been had with these receivers about getting me a guy that can get us the football, you know, or these guys wouldn't commit. You know, no receiver wants to, you know, go play for a team where the quarterback like overthrows them, you know, every other play or whatever or can't get the ball to him so you know that there's some uh, there's some stuff in the works and I don't have enough knowledge to make a big prediction but I would expect a uh, a fairly significant name you know, comes out of the portal and suits up for Auburn next year at
1: quarterback. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that. All right, UAB, uh, with Dilfer, disappointing first year in terms of the record, but he had said when he got here, said, listen, we're not going to take a backseat in recruiting. We're going to go after higher caliber guys than UAB has recruited in the past. Uh, what are you hearing on the recruiting ref- front for, for Dilfer and UAB?
7: Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think he's got a tough row to hoe. I mean, uh, I think there were some, uh, there were some expectations that, you know, they would be better, you know, this past season. Um, and you know, that, uh, that didn't pan out. I think before you, before you really focus on recruiting, I mean, you got to get your staff in place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm surprised there haven't been changes on the, uh, on the defensive coordinator end. I think offensively, you know, they were able to you know, score some points. Uh, they were cat inconsistent at times. But I think Zeno, for the most part, was, you know, was pretty good. And they had some good skill guys. So I don't think Trent has any problems with Mortensen at all. Uh, but I think on the defensive side of the ball, I'm surprised there haven't been changes made already, you know, on that side of the ball. So I think before you can go out there and start talking these guys into, you know, getting on board with you, you got to have that staff solidified and I don't think that's happened yet for UAB.
1: Speaking of uh, UAB coaches, Brian Vincent gets the ULM gig replacing uh, Terry Bowden, who got fired. Good for him. I mean, I, you know, I mean, he, he did an okay job last year. It was tough stepping in for Bill Clark on short notice. A lot of people felt like he should have still been made the permanent coach. He wasn't. He went out to Mexico for a year and now he's uh, popped up at ULM. Uh, Jeff, uh, uh, good for him.
7: Yeah. And here's, and here's how, uh, here's how, Here's how valuable Vincent is to the program. You know Dylan Hopkins, who played at UAB, went over to New Mexico with with Coach Vincent, and uh, and they put together something really cool at New Mexico. I don't know where their offensive stats were like prior to then, mm-hmm. but they were really really low. And I think they finished 47th, I think, in total offense out of you know D1 teams. So he had he, he had some really good tape. You know, as Nick Saban likes to say. To, uh, to show to prospective, you know, colleges, colleges looking for coaches and, uh, and ULM was looking to, uh, you know, for somebody to come in there and stir things up and, you know, throw the ball around and score some points. And I think, I think they've got the right guy.
1: And of course, Bill Clark in Tuscaloosa this week working the Super 7 state championships for public television. Jeff, when are we going to see Bill Clark back on the sideline?
7: You know, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, and Bill does a really good job on TV, by the way. I think he's really good. But, uh, you know, I, you know, at, at first I thought, you know, when he left, he, he wouldn't be gone that long. But, you know, uh, I, I, gosh, I don't, I have no idea what Bill is thinking. Um, I think he certainly could do some, you know, some good things for a program. But, you know, he, uh, he, I, he may like what he's doing right now. I think he's doing some consulting, you know, for some high school coaches. Uh, he was hanging around the Pella City program with Rush Probst and uh, and helping those guys out, too. So uh, maybe that's just kind of what he, what he wants to do for the time being.
1: Maybe so. I still think he's a heck of a football coach. Great stuff, Jeff. I and I know uh, plenty of great stuff with uh, you guys covering uh, Super 7 State Championships. And, of course, on the Sunday night version of The Zone, uh, I know it was kicking last Sunday. And it'll still be, you know, still be a lot to talk about this Sunday night as well.
7: Yeah, 1035 on ABC 3340 Sunday night. Gary, appreciate your time, and and uh, have a great day, man.
1: Thanks, Jeff. 1052, we're going to take a break and come back and wrap up the Gary Harris show right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTVC. Krispy Kreme is a Tuscaloosa tradition. since The best place
0: for your high school football coverage is right here on Tide 100.9 and online on Tide100.9.com. dot
1: all right, we are winding it down. We've had some fun this morning and uh, always enjoy being with you all there on the uh, radio program. And tomorrow it's the TGIF edition. You know what that means. A lot of fun, a lot of good music, a good guest. Ellis Johnson could not be with us today, so coach will be with us tomorrow. Also, Ashley Johnston, Alabama's gymnastics coach, will join the program tomorrow to preview the upcoming season for the Crimson Tide. Uh, no contest tomorrow. Uh, no Bama football trivia since we don't have a game coming up Saturday. But uh, we'll have plenty of fun, plenty of surprises for you on the Friday edition of the show. Looking forward to that. A reminder, catch me on TV tonight with local sports on WVUA 23. And then again back here tomorrow once more for the TGF edition of the Gary Harris Show. Miller's Edge with Kristen and Corey Miller coming up next. And then at noon, it's Big Noon Sports with Matt and Lars. Ryan Fowler will take you home with the game from 2 until 6 this afternoon right here on your all-local sports talk station, Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM C For Noah Haynes, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy this beautiful weather. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to The Gary Harris Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A
2: healthy weight.